Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Well, when Jesus said it was over, no one really caught what he said. I mean, don't get me wrong. They thought it was over. I mean, it looked very over. Jesus was a shamed, failed Messiah who'd been hung out to die. Body in tatters, nailed to a cross. How much more over could it have been? Over actually doesn't seem to quite capture what it looked like on that Friday. Roman religion had clearly won, and Jesus lost. So much promise over. So much hope over. So much life over. And when Jesus moaned his last words from the cross, that it was finished, over, done, all the shaking heads, all the weeping hearts, everyone who looked on either with sorrow or with spite agreed with that assessment. It was most definitely over. Jesus teaching the way of God's kingdom, over. Jesus healing of those who were sick and tormented, over. Jesus' claim to be the Messiah, over. Jesus' promise of resurrection life, over. All the hopes and dreams, all the promises and prophecies on that fateful day when the sun was obscured and day became night, they all faltered and failed. It is finished, Jesus said. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We read that in John 19. We heard that at our Good Friday service. And everyone heard him say it, filtering his final words from the cross through their own despair or through their own triumph, through their darkened hearts and their shattered minds, which is to say they didn't really hear him at all. Because with his dying breath, Jesus announced the end, all right. But the end of what? Exactly. The end of hope? No. The end of freedom? Hardly. The end of life? Ha! Just you watch. When Jesus said it was over, he was announcing the end of all that would destroy hope. The end of all that would keep us enslaved. The end of all that would bind us in the fear of death and subject us to suffering and loss forever. And then to seal his words, he died himself. His death was the very means through which all things evil would be brought to an end. It was over all right. It was finished, most certainly. And yet everything was about to begin again, to begin anew. 
For Jesus knew what no one else could possibly fathom, that his father would not abandon him to the grave, that his resurrection was only three days away, that his death couldn't last, that what was over would finally be destroyed so that what was new could be fully displayed. Jesus, the crucified Messiah, knew that he would rise again in three days as Jesus, the comeback king. And he did. And we sat in horror on Good Friday as we watched Jesus die, seemingly unable to save himself from a brutal end. But on this day, this Resurrection Sunday, our eyes flit between the empty cross and the empty tomb with wonder and astonishment as we finally hear his words for what they really are. It is finished. No, 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 no. It's actually over. Because of Jesus' resurrection, what's over is now the opposite of what we thought. His resurrection turned everything right side up. It's like, oh, oh, death is over. New life has come. Look, despair is over. A new hope has dawned. You can hear the shout, yes, destruction's over. New creation has now come through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. And that matters for us, doesn't it? That matters for us. I mean, for every one of us, regardless of your faith background, regardless of your current spiritual status, regardless of our varied, varied ideas about faith or about life, or about Jesus, about God, about everything, this news of Jesus' resurrection has real-life implications for each and every one of us. Because we all know there's a whole lot of stuff going on around us, going on in our world, going on in our lives that we want finished, isn't there? I mean, look around. What do you wish was over? Evil? Suffering? Aching bodies and hearts? How about war? Or greed? Or that thing called death that faces us every single day because we know it's coming for us? Hungry kids, abused wives, depressed dads, lonely seniors, anxious teens, lying tyrants, or posturing politicians, or just that sense of despair that so many people have when they get up in the morning. Facing a life without purpose, or a life without love, or a life without living as we were created to live. I mean, what if all that was over? When Jesus died on the cross, he was dealing a death blow to death itself signaling the end of all suffering, calling out the forces of darkness so that he could deal with them once and for all. From the cross, Jesus announced that his work was over because he'd come to take away the power of evil and death for good. Death no longer could have the final word Jesus does. And his final word was that it was over. Finished. Done. And this wasn't a fluke. 
The cross and the resurrection, they came off exactly as planned. Jesus knew all of this would happen in advance. He, he planned it all out, fully in cahoots with his dad. Jesus joined earth to become one of us human beings, to be for us the perfect representative of God and of humans. Because of Jesus, we could know for the first time ever what God was really like, but also what humans are really like. What God was really saying, what God was really doing, what humans are really supposed to be doing. He did that for us and for the world. That Jesus, the Son of God and the perfect human, did what needed to be done to set this messy world right again. We needed forgiveness from sin. Jesus came to bring forgiveness for sin. We needed life eternal. Jesus came to rescue us from death. We needed genuine purpose. Jesus came to restore us to full humanity. We needed God. And Jesus came to bring us back to the Father, back to himself, back into right relationship with our creator. We needed love. And Jesus made love fully known by making God fully known through himself and then giving himself back to us so that we could know love for real and forever. The dying world was on a crash course with everlasting destruction and Jesus changed our trajectory. With his life, through his teaching, as he healed, as he announced God's kingdom come, he knew the whole time that he was heading toward his grisly death, that he had an appointment with evil that he was not going to miss. And he told his disciples that over and over and over again. He was going to die. He told them this. Everything would look like it was over. You're going to think, I'm lost, but I will not have lost, though I will die. I will rise three days later. Over and over, Jesus told his closest followers what would happen. I'm going to die, and then I'm going to rise again. You get it? No, they didn't get it. No, no, let me, let me, let me say it clearly. I'm going to die, but three days later, I'm going to rise again. Did you, get, did you get it this time? Nope, didn't get that one either. So then he tries again. All the Gospels tell us, at least three different occasions, he sat them down, he looked them straight in the eyes, and he said, I'm not telling you a parable right now. I'm trying to explain it in plain English. I mean, Aramaic. I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to rise. And they looked around and said, do you know what, he, what he's trying to say here? They didn't get it. But if you read through the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll see it again and again and again. It's very well attested historically. This stuff is not made up afterwards. Jesus knew he was going to die, but more importantly, he knew that he was going to rise again three days later. Let me give you one representative passage, though you've already heard it quite a bit in the scripture readings today. Right after the disciples um, finally said to Jesus, we believe that you're the Messiah. Uh, from Luke 9, 22, Jesus says, the son of man, that was his uh, favorite way of referring to himself, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Must be killed and, you can insert the word must, be raised to life on the third day. And that's just what he did. Let me ask you, who's able to do that? Who's able to predict their own death and resurrection? No one in the history of the world. I challenge you to go and check. 
foretold their own resurrection and then followed through with it. Only one. Any man can actually predict his death. Some of them actually fairly accurately can predict how they're going to die. But who can predict the resurrection and then make good on it? No one. Well, no one but one. Jesus. And what does that mean for us? Like, I mean, practically, what does that mean for our lives that Jesus predicted his own death and resurrection and then made good on the claim? I want to suggest that it means at least three things for your consideration today. First, regarding his identity. If Jesus is able to predict his own resurrection and then actually follow through with it, then Jesus is who he said he was. His resurrection lends credence to his identity. Jesus was born fully human and the son of God. And he revealed both his humanity and his divinity through his actions, through his teaching. He made claims to be one with the father, the promised Messiah. But he also ate and drank and walked and talked and slept and experienced exhaustion. Jesus claimed to have the ability to forgive sins. Who can do that but God alone? To replace, in fact, the very temple of God. And yet he also experienced tremendous sorrow at his own impending trial or as he looked forward to the tragedy coming for his own people. Jesus claimed to have authority over the law, over the Sabbath, over the temple, over God's very people. He was God in the flesh. And now he could have just said all that. Any nut job out there can do that. And then just died. And if he'd stayed dead, then few would have taken seriously all the rest of what he said about himself, right? But he didn't stay dead, and that's the rub. Jesus came back to life, just as he said he would, which means that what he then says about himself has to be taken in a new light, in a resurrection light. That Jesus' identity now has to be considered very carefully. And this is especially pointed for anyone who's been holding Jesus at arm's length, willing to grant him some sort of, you know, VIP status, but unwilling to acknowledge him as Lord and Savior of the world. As C.S. Lewis so famously put it, Jesus' identity is a real challenge to our perceptions of him. Because we can't just pass him off as a good moral teacher or a misunderstood messiah. I quote C.S. Lewis here when he says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg Or else, he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus' resurrection 
makes his identity a truth that rings out over all time and space, over all peoples and lands. So that's first, his identity. The second implication has to do with his teaching. If Jesus was able to tell his followers in advance, many times, exactly how he would die, and then exactly when he'd rise again from the dead, and then do it, well, the implications are that all the rest of what he said can be trusted too. And Jesus had a lot of other stuff to say. As followers of Jesus, we spend our lives sitting under the teaching of Jesus and actually putting that teaching into practice in our lives. And why? Because we know that what Jesus says is trustworthy, that what he says is true, that what he says counts, it matters. And when it comes right down to it, we're willing to give Jesus the benefit of the doubt, especially in those times when he says things that we might not quite exactly understand or understand what it means or can he seriously expect us to do that? Next picture. Yep. So we might say Jesus um, was able to predict his own death and resurrection so that when he says that I should love my enemy. I'm going to trust that he knows way more about this than I do. And I'm going to work to love my enemy. We might say, I'm feeling a lot of financial pressure. But if Jesus says that I should seek God's kingdom first and trust God with my life, then I'm going to do what he says. I mean, he was able to pull off his own resurrection. Why wouldn't I go with him on this? Or perhaps you might think, I realize I don't necessarily understand all that Jesus means when he says I should care for the poor or honor marriage or tend to the condition of my heart. But I'm going to take his teaching seriously and not just sort of fudge it off because, well, I don't think that's really for me. He rose again from the dead. I'm going to trust him. You rolling with me on this? You getting it? Jesus was the most brilliant teacher who has ever lived, and his teaching can be trusted. And one of the reasons we know we're standing on solid ground here isn't just because his teaching is brilliant. It is. It isn't just because his teaching has changed the lives of billions of people. It has. Or that no other teaching has ever come close to being that inspired, because it hasn't. But also because Jesus is a man whose word about his own resurrection came true. So what else might he know that we don't? Foretelling his own death and resurrection makes his teaching something that we dig into. We can orient our lives around for our good now, but also for our good forever. So that's the first two. Foretelling his resurrection gives weight to his identity and to his teaching. And third, his resurrection, his ability to pull it off, makes a promise about our own resurrection coming. You see, Jesus proved that he and his Father and the Holy Spirit have power over death itself, which is saying a lot, actually. Actually, it's kind of saying everything, isn't it? It's a master stroke. It's one of these brilliant twists to the story because Jesus entered into death in order to beat death with death. This is one of my favorite memes. I mean, it's brilliant. Could there have been anything smarter, anything more surprising, 
more amazing than that, that the very thing that we couldn't deal with, the very death that we couldn't get around, the very wages we deserve for being the sinful schmucks we are, that Jesus just walks right in and takes death down for us. And then he turns around to us and says, here's life. No, no, it's for you. I did it for you. I want it back for you. And now, come, follow me. I am the resurrection and the life. You attach yourself to me, and you've attached yourself to resurrection life too. Death is done. New life has come. Jesus' own resurrection in the flesh, his ability to be touched and to eat and to be recognized, his resurrected body, we're told in the Bible, is a prototype for us. We look at him and we go, yeah, yeah. That starts to tell us a little bit about what we are going to become when we ourselves have been resurrected. He's a preview of what's coming. And then we're told in the New Testament that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit like a deposit, guaranteeing, living inside of us, new creation has already begun, guaranteeing what's to come, that what happened for Jesus is going to happen for us, that Jesus beat death with death and rose so that we could live with him. Now and forever. Amazing. It's amazing. So will we trust it? Will we trust his resurrection promise? If he said it would happen for him. And then, I know I'm belaboring the point, but he pulled it off. And now he says it's going to happen for us too. Why wouldn't I take him at his word? And so we come to the moment of truth. What do we make of all this? If Jesus said he's God's son and then rose again after saying he would, will we trust that he is who he said he was? If Jesus taught God's way and then rose again from the dead after he said he would rise, are we going to follow him in his teaching? If Jesus said that death was done and resurrection was coming and he proved it all by pulling off the greatest heist in all of history are we going to believe him and go with his resurrection promise and that's the question that we're posed with today would you pray with me Lord Jesus you are the comeback king (laughs) and today we recognize we stand here on Easter astonished at the greatest news of all time, that death has been defeated, that new life has come because of you. Lord Jesus, I recognize that we're in lots of different spaces. Some of us are from different backgrounds. Some of us aren't sure what we think about you. Some of us are are, are wondering or feeling really down and, and, and despairing. And we all come from different places with different stuff going on. But on this day, we all stand before your empty tomb. And my simple prayer is this, that wherever we are at today, we would look to you. We would consider who you are, what you've said, and what you've done. I just want to simply invite you in your own quiet way, if you need to say yes, to Jesus, yes, to trust, that you can do that now, right where you sit. 
that you can simply say, Jesus, I, I want to trust you in this. Show me. Lead me. Teach me. I'm not sure what all this means, but I look to you today and I realize that I want to trust. I want to believe. Would you help me believe in you? And I know that God hears your heart now. He hears each one of us because he's the God who is alive, the God who hears, the God who turns back death and invites us into life. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give you praise today for being our risen God. To thine be the glory. Death's lost its sting. Here's to Jesus, the comeback king. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.